Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I am a comedy writer and filmmaker. This week, ITV's Joelle Duncan will be joining me. We're going to be talking about being a black creative in England. He's great. Check it out. But first up, some housekeeping. If you like this show, please rate and review. It's how you can help people to find the show. Uh, Before we kick things off with a sketch, as of this taping, the three accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery have been found guilty. Um, I'm just going to quickly read a tweet. Uh, from Bernice King, uh, Martin Luther King's daughter, uh, as it best encapsulates, at least for me and and possibly for many of us, how how we might be feeling uh, as the verdict just came in. Uh, Bernice tweeted, Ahmaud Arbery should be here. The McMichaels and Brian are indeed guilty of taking his life for no other reason than for him being black. I'm praying for and thinking of Ahmad's family, including his mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, who in this moment is still missing her son. Uh, so, you know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving and I'll be thinking about Ahmad's family myself. Um, and uh, also I'll be also thinking about Ahmad's father, Marcus Aubrey. Um, may this verdict bring a small measure of peace to Ahmad Arbery's family and his loved ones. So let's pivot and let's kick things off with a sketch called The Succession of Kim and Pete. Sketch. Chris Jenner's office. Ha, you're new. Where's my mother? Um, yes, I am. Uh, Chloe? Forget it. It's Courtney. You need to tell Chris that this has to stop. I know what she's doing. Okay, I will certainly let her know that you're upset, but uh, just to confirm, it's about the hickey, right? Well, I don't like this holiday twist. I'm supposed to be in the hot relationship. I'm Kravis. Babe, have you seen my CBD? It's all so hard. Not now, Travis. Listen, new assistant. I'm not ringing in the new year with Pete Davidson's big dick energy. I'm over it. Got it. But we're told to say that this relationship is a, uh, a, a positive transition for her. 
I don't want a transition. If anyone's giving out hickeys in a Giorgio Baldi parking lot, it's Yeah, me. you can still do that. I'm still authorized to call TMZ for any photo ops for you. Um, you know, just just not Chloe and Kendall. Whatever. I was first in line to have a hot holiday relationship. Not her. Fix it. Now, assistant. But I just do what Chris tells me, Courtney. And we're, we're also told that, Kim, that Pete makes Kim feel young. <laughs> young? Me and Travis have brought back 2000s punk. Hot Topic should be thanking I us. I know, but Kim and Pete have brought back hickeys and giggling in cars like teenagers. Like, I did that first. On my Instagram last week. I know. I sent TMZ the link. I'll ignore the fact that it only got 1.1 million likes. Thank you. I'll try harder. Good. And you assistants, all of you, better not be planning a cute nickname for Kim and Pete. Well, Kim Pei's been floating around. Ew. Gross. Forget all that. Let's focus on you, Courtney. How can I help you? Oh, you know what I want, assistant. I want more power. I want to be the top Kardashian in people's minds. You so deserve that, Courtney. Truly, but Chris is the big boss. Yeah, and it'd be a shame if you destroyed all her hard work over getting Pete and Kim together. How, how would I destroy Chris's hard work? <laughs> Courtney, are you threatening me? You're the one buzzing in my ear, revealing secret shit for me. The other assistants aren't doing that, but you'll probably be fine. Chris should keep you. Uh, okay, I, I, I should go. I have another call. That's fine. I will pull something out of my ass to prevail, but I may have to burn you in the process. Please, please don't. I'll do anything. That's more like it. Here's the new deal, new assistant. And listen good, because it all goes down at Thanksgiving. A bitter romance battle threatened to turn into a family civil war for television's most miserable wealthy family? Find out next week in part two of the succession of Kim and Pete. talk with senior producer, digital development manager at ITV, Joel Duncan. Welcome. Hi, how you doing? Hi. So we're going to talk about being a Black creative in England. Um, also, a, like news, like uh, in all caps, like news and like how we get our information. So um, we're talking, it's Thanksgiving week. Um, as of our taping today, a jury has begun deliberations in the trial over Ahmad Arbery's killing and mm -hmm. SNL star Pete Davidson has been seen sporting a giant hickey on his neck while out on a romantic date with Kim Kardashian. So this is what's happening in our world right now. Um, what brings you to the United States, our crazy fucked up country? Like, why are you here and, and what are your plans? 
Um, I'm kind of here on on a holiday, really. Um, okay. Every time I've kind of come to uh, LA, it's always kind of been, uh, I guess, I guess business related. So it's kind of nice just to kind of let my hair down a little bit and just kind of catch up with some friends here without kind of having you no know, really tight restrictions of oh, I've got to head back to the filming or prep for the next day. So now I can just really just kind of enjoy LA and live kind of uh, the kind of. The LA lifestyle, I'll see it a little bit more. But obviously, I'm not my, my trip isn't the same LA. I'm going to Miami as well. But family, Miami. Yeah, yeah, cool. So do I. Yeah, you're because you're Caribbean too. Like your your family's from Saint Lucia. Yeah, yes, yeah. My mom's person. My mom's from Saint Lucia. Um, my dad's from Jamaica and Cuba. Oh wow. So yeah, kind all, of all all the West Indians. Uh, West Indian is uh, covered. That's it. Yeah, it's all in yeah. me. It's all in me. Uh huh. So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's great. You know what? I've actually been watching kind of like the American TV. I was kind of watch kind of CNN and the Fox News. I find it fascinating how they're kind of two completely kind of different kind of stations and yeah, what they kind of what they kind of cover. And yeah, it's been really interesting. I think I saw recently it was like the was it a gun a firearm got discharged in Atlanta? Yes, in, in the that, airport. News, yeah. And here in that at first it's like oh the gun is discharged, and then it turned into. He actually ran out of the airport. So I'm like, oh my goodness. It's, yeah. uh, it's really different. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And then also um, the man in the red SUV that plowed through the Christmas parade in Wisconsin. That happened yeah. um, this week. Also, just like, just a, it's a crazy place. You're, you're, you're in crazy town right now. Yes, and uh, when, when I can never pronounce it, when, when consonant, when Wisconsin, yeah. <laughs> I remember Daniel Kaluuya talking about like different words, like uh, you know, doing these like American roles. There are certain words that like like mess him up, like he he just can't pronounce it. But yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, yeah. Uh-huh. Black hole kind of stories. I I just find that's just baffling, completely baffling to me. Um. Yeah, he, okay. he didn't mean to plow through the people. I think that he was leaving some kind of domestic disturbance. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he was, I think he was mentally ill, but like the, the guy who plowed through the Christmas parade, he was, um, he was leaving something else fucked up and then ran over people and killed five people. So it was just like, it, it was just a, a, a big, just uh, confluence of, of messed upness happening. Um, and this is, this is all like in the backdrop of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, also in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Kenosha, another hard word probably to, yeah. to pronounce. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> okay, so you're on holiday. You're from London. Yeah. Um, I don't. So we we met at uh, a Writers Guild party, and yeah. I was like, oh hey, you got a British accent, and so I'm like, what are you what are you doing here? And so we were talking. So for like, I know a ton about England. Um, I've been to Newcastle. I visited London for like three hours. So not many people do that. That's very brave of you. No, I'm joking. Why? <laughs> Why? No, it's a great place. Um, but I'm, the Geordie I'm, accent, right? Yeah, the, but you know, drinks are really cheap up in Newcastle. Um, oh, nice. Like, people north of the country are generally a lot more kind of polite to say. Um, it's a, a good vibe up there, but they drink a lot. They drink a lot. Yeah. I mean, British, British people in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, I've been to Newcastle. I grew up listening to Radiohead and Estelle. I know who Little Mix is. I know Lewis yeah. Hamilton. I've yeah. seen all of season four of The Crown, you know, so I, I know England, basically. I know everything. It's it's all been like um, solved for me. But like, is there something that maybe I don't know about the British experience? Uh, something you don't know about the British experience. I mean, look, it sounds like you've been to the north of the country and you've been to the yeah. south of the country. So maybe, I, we maybe actually, yeah, we actually landed in Manchester and drove. Oh, you've been, oh, Manchester, you know, Manchester's a, uh, that's definitely like a, that's like the media city, they call okay. it. You can see, so lots of kind of companies are moving up to Manchester, media companies are moving up to Manchester. So that, that could, you know, soon be, I don't know, potentially like the second hub or the new hub of, of media in the country. So, yeah. Why, why is that? Why, why is it that, um, that it's expanding in that way? I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I'm not sure if it comes down to maybe just cheaper to be based. The companies need to be based in London. Mm-hmm. You're making things so London-centric and obviously it's a very big place. So you have talent kind of from all over. The transport links are getting better in Manchester as well. Mm-hmm. Their property's getting better in Manchester. They're building more, yeah, book developing new products. So properties, so, you know, yeah, it seems to be in a, it's, it's in a growing, very in a growing space. So companies trying to get in early, I guess. Yeah. Um, but is it, uh, is it, it's almost like uh, I'm thinking of, of, you know, being transferred to say Wisconsin or like being tra- like middle America, like, is that this, is that the equivalent of being transferred to Manchester where it's just like, oh shit, like you're sending me out to the boonies. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a big city and all, but it's not London. <laughs> but you know what I would compare it to, like, you know how you can go from like LA to New York. Now, I wouldn't say Manchester is, uh, is, is kind of, you know, LA, New York, I guess it's kind of, it depends on whatever your preference is. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say kind of uh, Manchester's kind of level with, New York, so with, with London, some might say so, but it's definitely kind of going to be, those are going to be like the potential to two kind of main cities. But of course, you've got Birmingham as well. So Birmingham's like our second biggest city, which is in like the Midlands. So that's oh, oh Birmingham, like where Ozzy Osbourne's from. Yeah, so that's probably your next spot you kind of got to visit. Mixture, a great mixture of kind of cultures up there. I think the Commonwealth Games are going to happen there. Whatever that is, maybe next year. And Birmingham seems like kind of crazy, like almost like Florida. There's like a lot of like violence <laughs> that happen in Birmingham. Sometimes, sometimes Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got like my, uh, my, 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 my couple of my brothers in Birmingham today. So they might kind of kill me if I say this, but Birmingham is kind of like you know sometimes a butt of you know people's jokes. Sometimes, sometimes I think it's the accent. Uh huh. Yeah, the accent is different, very different, and it's perceived as just being like. You know that they don't have a clue what's going on, but really they do. It's just kind of <laughs> the accent. Yeah. But then, see, they'd be a great, great as great spot to, uh, to go to. I'll go there a lot. Food's great, people are great. So it's like it's like bad marketing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was. Uh, I think it was. In, I think there was a there was a poll that was done, and it said kind of uh, the pilot. So you know when you're on a plane, and you have the pilot might say some a few words on the plane. Like, yeah. what's the least accent you want to hear? Like, uh-huh. So I think Birmingham was about the top three, I think. You don't want to hear the pilot sound like Birmingham, having a Bromley accent, we call it. Oh, Bromley. Um, yeah, Bromley. that's funny because, like, when we were driving up from Manchester to Newcastle, like, we, we stopped at, a, at a, um, a rest area, and we were, you know, they were like, oh, you're American, because we it was a whole uh, group of us. And we were telling them we're going to Newcastle. Oh, be careful of the accent. It's a... You know, it's a the you you know you might not understand what they're saying. 
I, I felt okay. Like I, I, I felt like I understood everyone. It was when I went to Scotland for an afternoon that I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Is this English? Like, I, I just didn't even, like, <laughs> I didn't understand at all. Like, um, have you been to Liverpool? Uh, never been to Liverpool. I, that accent's probably the toughest uh, to, to kind of understand for some people, especially got a really strong Liverpool accent. So it's almost kind of not part of the Glaswegian accent, but yeah, Scouse, no. Scouser, Scouser, Scouser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, yeah, have not been to Liverpool, but yeah, I I know I know about it. Yeah, from um, the woman from Killing Eve, like when she talks, uh, Jodie Comer. Uh, it's like what. Where is that? Like, it doesn't sound British almost. It's almost kind of like Irishy. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay, so cool. Anyway, you work in TV, you work in marketing, um, you're a producer. Um, I wanted to read a LinkedIn testimony about you. Uh-oh. I'm an executive. <laughs> Who's that? This is in my research. So um, a man named John, he said, Joel is very intelligent, creative, and hardworking individual. I was one of his clients, and he always contributed good ideas and managed our product, our projects smoothly. With Joel, you don't only get someone who knows the digital world extremely well, but he's also a great team worker and gets on well with everyone. Wow! Wow! That, that, that's my that's John. That's Johnny from Liverpool. Actually, funny enough. Okay, a scouser. Scouser. Yeah. All right. Very kind words. Very kind words from John. Yeah. Um, did you return the favor? I hope so. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> okay. So um again, we met at a Writers Guild event. Um, you work for ITV, which is a channel that's um brought like uh Coronation Street or Love Island. Um, you work mainly with uh, Good Morning Britain, which is basically Good Morning America, but you know, whatever. I'm not, you know, not trying to throw shade on uh, you taking our name. But anyway, um, just to give more context about like, you know, the current news landscape and what you do, millennials are the most diverse American uh, adult generate, not American, the most diverse adult generation in history, according to the Brookings Institute. We've grown up with access to a level of information that no previous generation has had. Um, however, Gen Z is the next big thing in destination marketing. So I assume that like in, in what you do, your focus as a producer is like to appeal to this new generation of digital consumers. Is like, is like that what you do? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot, lots of kind of companies in general have kind of taken the stance of hitting that kind of that younger audience. Because mm -hmm. you know, as you know, the, the TV audience, the demographic is a lot older. So the content that you kind of put out on on the TV side, you can't necessarily just stick that on on, on in like you know in like the digital space or like the new kind of streaming space because it may not it may not relate. So mm -hmm. um, of course, kind of the importance of kind of being a good one, you have to kind of. It's, a, it's kind of like a, it's a new show, so you kind of have to be kind of incredibly factual, um, but kind of at the same time, there's lots of room to uh, be kind of creative and create content that's tailored to that kind of audience. Yeah. While still kind of keeping that kind of authenticity kind of of the show. Um, so kind of that's kind of what I, what I was doing a lot of that kind of Good Morning Britain, it's kind of doing that, not only kind of putting out kind of the news that people kind of, need to kind of hear or kind of want to hear um but it's also trying to make it kind of a lot more kind of digestible 
mm-hmm. for the audience and it all depends on how you kind of package it and you know uh, or not the presenters you use or you know the different kind of platforms you pull it on and kind of tailor it towards so um yeah that's kind of yeah that's generally our ethos really hitting that kind of younger age group because they are kind of they're shaping things these are kind of the the people and that's kind of coming through and you know less people are kind of watching tv so we've got to kind of be whether younger generational yeah so, so i can get left behind easily Right. So your focus is on social media, like yeah. YouTube and, and TikTok. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of. Yeah. So we've got all that kind of a, a loads of kind of platforms and we're kind of um, tailoring content to each platform. Cool. So like what what's the day in the life for you when you're back in London? So like, do you live in South London, East yeah. London? Like where, where do you live? Like, what's it like? Yeah, so I'm I'm based in so I grew up in South East London. Okay. Um, uh, so I kind of grew up there and schooled there. Um, however, now I'm kind of based in just outside of East London. Um, so in Essex, I'm not sure you've heard of kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah, like Towie, like. Like Towie. I'm not I'm not too deep into kind of Essex, but I'm just kind of on the on the outskirts. So and that has a specific yeah. accent too. That's like kind of like almost yeah. Welsh sounding. Oh, you think it's Welsh sounding? Interesting. Yeah. That's it's interesting. Weird. It's kind um, of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mom, my mom, my mom grew up in Essex. So every now and again, my mom talks to kind of her kind of her pals on the phone, the Essex accent and kind of come out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm based. So it kind of like the day in a life. What does that kind of look like? That's uh, me kind of going across to the studio, uh, obviously kind of do my kind of you know, business as usual, kind of work. Um, and London, there's always kind of something going on in London. There's so many different pockets and there's lots of events going on, lots of media events, mm-hmm. and lots of ceremonies, lots of talks, lots of like kind of networking events. So I kind of definitely just try to, especially pre-COVID days, um, go to kind of lots of different events and meet lots of kind of interesting people in the industry. It's really kind of connect. Because it's easy to kind of be in your bubble sometimes. You're kind of whatever kind of, you will accept to be in that kind of world but you know I, for me personally I get inspiration when I just see different things yeah the different people what what's your pocket you would say oh pocket what is what does that mean because you just said that there are different pockets in oh pockets oh pockets like they mean like uh, um, I thought you meant pockets like oh what's your like what's your main thing what's your main but pockets really like yeah the different kind of locations I guess I guess in both ways like yeah what in in the way that you're saying and the way I'm saying it, like what what are, what are your what are your pockets? My pockets. Um, okay, so I guess I'll start with the first one. Pocket wise, like geographic location wise, I probably did the da base. So maybe around the central London area. So that's kind of around or the east the east central London area. So you got the Liverpool streets, you got Shoreditch. Um, Hoxton, which are kind of known as kind of general kind of creative kind of. Area. Wait, where is that? Hoxton, Swordage. Hoxton? Uh, Hoxton. Oh, I don't know it. I know Swordage. Uh, yeah, Hoxton's just right now the next to Swordage. So we'll attach, you've got Liverpool Street and then Swordage next to it and then Hoxton next to it. Okay. Uh, that's kind of a really kind of informal kind of, just really kind of cool people. But I feel like that kind of tone and informalness is kind of spreading across London, if that makes sense. Gone, uh-huh. like, gone are the days where you need to kind of be dressed incredibly smartly to go anywhere. And just kind of dress how people dress in LA to a certain extent. Everyone's, everyone's just really chill. Everyone can have express dress 
dressed to express themselves you know what I mean so yeah um because I, yeah. I know like in media every everyone dresses like really smart like uh like very nice like tailored like sweaters and and gilet like a a, a vest you know everyone's like very like it's not like just like t-shirt and jeans like in say U.S. media where people are just kind of like it's more relaxed it's a more relaxed style like if you worked at like say BuzzFeed it's like very chill but like yeah. I imagine like at ITV you're, you're dressed up every day no no way you say that I'm one of those people you wear, wear like a, a t-shirt and jeans it really depends on what area you're in of the business if you're like the production side um the more plate side you kind of need more kind of flexibility to mm-hmm. kind of wear what you want to wear I guess but if you're in the more corporate side the marketing side generally you kind of want to be I think people tend to dress a bit more kind of smartly I guess I guess in the world when you're in the production space you're creative you're the creator so you're kind of you know you're, you're running around the studio set you're running around everywhere so you want to be kind of comfortable right um, but yeah don't get me wrong when I first joined I was very I was almost suited and booted because uh, like, oh, I've got impressed. But then, kind of, as you get kind of more, you know, you know more better at your job and more comfortable in your sunshine, express yourself a bit more. Right, right. You're a little bit more comfortable. Um, so you're affiliated with one show. Um, well, you're affiliated with many shows. You were t- telling you about like a, a cooking show that you're helping to create, but like, you know, you're also affiliated with this, this show called I saw um, called Off the Table with uh, Julie at. Adenuga. Um, She's also on MTV's Catfish uh, UK. So like, how did you and your team make that happen? Um, Like, it just is an example of like the kind of shows that you create um, through through the Good Good Morning Britain umbrella. Um, You know, she's obviously somebody that already has name recognition, but like, was that a hard sell? and I guess she she might fit into that right, you know, Gen Z pocket. Just just generally kind of speaking, like Julie, I think she's like, I think she's incredible. Yeah, uh, super cute. Yeah, she just she just really kind of just incredibly intelligent. We thought she'd be kind of like a, a really great fit. Um, and she, I don't, I'm not sure if you kind of watch the episodes, but you know, she can really immerse herself in in the, any topic almost. She's like kind of incredibly adaptable and really yeah. understanding. I saw I saw one where she was uh, they were talking about like getting the jab, getting the COVID jab. And is that selfish <laughs> yeah. to not get it, to not get the jab? Yeah, I mean, those, I think those, those, those conversations are kind of very kind of evergreen as well, because that's kind of something that everyone's kind of everyone's kind of talking about. But yeah, yeah. just generally in terms of kind of, you know, and, uh, um, and Julie kind of what she does when she kind of presents it. It's like, you know, she's able to kind of like listen and understand what this what's been said and then kind of put their own spin on it and it just kind of makes the conversation kind of flow that much kind of easier um yeah this makes it a a kind of good watch a really good watch so yeah it's it's a show that we kind of um we've always kind of wanted we've always wanted to to do it and fortunately kind of now um, especially this is like lots of other kind of broadcasters they really want to put money into um into original kind of content series so this is kind of one of those things and yeah it's great to get it off the ground and kind of see kind of how the audience kind of react to it yeah i'm curious about what the, what it's like in england to push black talent um you know the like especially thinking about um 
you know, over the past couple of years, like with the George Floyd outrage, um, you know, many UK, US companies, they pledged to support Black talent. Um, Mm -hmm. In the US, there's still a lot of roadblocks. There's always like, oh, well, we have one already. Like, you know, there's a show Insecure on HBO, let's say. Um, Mm -hmm. But will, will we have something like that? in the future or have more of them in the future. Um, it, it's not easy to get a show off the ground in general, but then if you're a, a person of color, it's even harder. So like, you know, I'm curious about, um, and and then also you have to be exceptional to be uh, to, in order to stand out. So like, I'm curious, like, what's it like in England? Is it, is it the same? Like, is it, you know, you, you represent a lot of um, people of color and you're, you're helping them, um, you know, uh, be, be more front and center in, in, on TV. So like, you know, what's it like in trying to make that happen? I guess when it, firstly, like, I think there's a whole kind of, there's a whole kind of community of incredible, like black curators that's currently in London, in, in London, in the UK. Um, uh-huh. And they've been really incredible things and they've really kind of created content. So I'm going to suck out a few names. Um, there's a guy called Andy Andy. So he's, he owns kind of a, a, a YouTube platform called Transcentral. And on Transcentral, we've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers and he creates original content himself of his own back and it really connects. So I'm not sure if he created a series called Blue Therapy, um, which has kind of went viral. Like it's generated, each episode has generated like 5 million views and that's just all organic, all on his own kind of platform. But he's kind of a never collaborated with kind of a broadcaster or kind of, I guess, being given an opportunity. And there's so many kind of other people like him um, existing and creating content, and really, they're really kind of hitting their audience. Yeah, um, all on their own, without, own, with no, without no the backing of, like, say, ITV or, like, a, yeah. I don't know, Channel 4 or something. Yeah, they're kind of, they're funding themselves. They have kind of, no, there's no kind of sponsorship. It's mm-hmm. And they're not even kind of making, I mean, I don't want to kind of dig into their pockets, but the YouTube... Uh, the YouTube kind of, you know, you can have millions of views on YouTube, but that doesn't equate to a ridiculous, as much money as you think it would equate to. So, you know, it's almost kind of, you're almost kind of breaking even almost to a certain extent, if that. Um, so there's a, a hub of great talent. And I feel like now at the stage in the UK where that talent is now beginning to kind of seep through mm-hmm. and people are aware of kind of what's kind of culturally relevant. And there's lots of cultural relevancy in that kind of community of, of like black creators in London, which is actually right now I feel like it's a very exciting time to kind of be a black creator in London because it, there's, there's a lot more kind of eyes watching that, lots more eyes watching. Um, and one of the things that I try and do in my role is, um, so I'm involved in the development side of things, so we kind of create kind of shows from scratch. We normally do that internally. However, now kind of over the last kind of year or so, we're reaching out to companies external and reaching out to kind of independent companies externally. So for example, I reached out to Andy to create or do therapy, your own transcendental, he's doing incredible stuff. And we just collaborated on like, a, it's a quick campaign, it's like History Month. So we just collaborated on that, um, kind of, we kind of had funding and budget. Um, and, and England's Black History Month is November? It's November, yeah. So I keep forgetting it's different. Yeah, yeah February. The shortest ours is the shortest month of the year, and yours is uh, relatively long. It's a long month. Yeah, it's congratulations. Yeah, it's <laughs> 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 what do you, what do you, um how how was how was that about Christian month kind of interpreted in, in in the US? Is everyone kind of for it? Are there any 
Are there any, any people who are kind of against, I guess, within the black community? Is everyone kind of, yes, let's do it, let's do it. Or are some people kind of like, oh, do we have to have a Black History Month? What's that the general thought? Well, that was, I mean, there's always been Black History Month um, for me my whole life, but maybe my siblings who are, um, like, they were teenagers when I was born. So maybe, like, in their generation, like Gen X or, um, or, or Boomer, like, like my brother's a Boomer, they... I, I don't think that Black History Month existed. I think that like MLK Day in January, um, like commemorating his birthday, Martin Luther King, I think that was um, something that was uh, created in the 80s. And famously, there were states like um, Arizona and New Hampshire that did not acknowledge uh, Martin Luther King Day. And and I think maybe, maybe recently, um, it's it's a day off for, for people. Anyway, um, for for white people um, or or others, I don't know. There's always the joke of like, oh, why isn't there a white history month? That, yeah. that, that's a, a sort of the thing that you hear like in the interwebs or like, you know, just people out in the world. Oh, why isn't there? But it's like, yeah, this is what, you know, we're living white history right now. But yeah. like, um, but yeah, uh, for black history, I feel like in school, there was that, um, that push to like read Toni Morrison or like read, um, uh, you know, Maya Angelou, or we would learn about George Washington Carver, who, um, as, as we were taught, like developed like the peanut or something like that. Um, we learned, uh, you know, the, just like they're, they're sort of like, um, famous, uh, black inventors, um, you know, uh, intellectuals, artists, and and uh, athletes, um, mm. but like you're not given a full history. So, like right now, you have um, the 1619 project that's really like aiming to um, uh, re redefine, um, you know, how we look at at American history, um, and so that's that's been a, a big debate. Um, mm. Like critical race theory is um, like the what they're calling it, but um, I think that it's it's really hard for people. There are a lot of people in their feelings right now. And when I say a lot of people, I mean white people. There are just people that are like really in their feelings. It's hard to talk about race. It's hard to acknowledge um, our ancestors' um, uh, role in, 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 you know, so we, we don't all have great ancestors. Mm. It's just kind of you we have no control over that but for some reason it's it's hard for people to reconcile with that um like it famously ben affleck was on a show where um it was it's called tracing your roots with um harry lewis gates or henry lewis gates and he goes back into your family tree and he tells you all about like it's a tv show i don't know if you've ever heard of it but he goes back into your family tree and he tells you all about your family so for ben affleck um, it was found that he had, um, he was related to slave owners. And no he was way. like, yeah, which is like so oh, no. many people. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's America, it's America, come on. So like, but he's like, I'm not being on this show. I'm not doing the show because he doesn't want to be connected with that. But it's a part of history. It's part of his history. It's part of our history. So um, you have that kind of stuff going on. Um and I, you know, I have a young child. And so I, I definitely um, listen to, um, like, I, you know, I ask him about things that are being taught in school. Um, over the pandemic, when he was 
um, doing homeschool, like where he had to do Zoom school with his with his class. I loved that, like his teacher, when she was talking about Thanksgiving, because this is Thanksgiving week, she didn't make it seem like uh, it was pilgrims sitting at the table with natives and sharing squash and maize. Um, you know, she she gave to these, you know, seven-year-olds, she gave them a, a more honest um look at at what Thanksgiving was. So so when I listening in um, as a spy, like listening in, I could hear what she was telling them. And I was like, oh, okay, I appreciate that because that's not what I got growing mm. up. What I got growing up was like, oh, the pilgrims and the, the Indians, quote unquote, sat down and had a meal. And that was Thanksgiving and how beautiful. So I, I like and appreciate that now people are, are more honest. Um, more and more, but I think that there's still people who uh, bristle at the idea of truth and and yeah. and just yeah. of, of of actual facts. Um, but I do try as a as a parent to mm-hmm. be um, aware and to try to and even like you know you see things on TV or like on YouTube. Um, anyway, I could talk about this forever, but like you know I I'm I'm hyper aware of. Um, of how people talk about uh, different people and, and because I, I want, I don't want my son to be a sociopath <laughs> and I don't want him to be um, that, you know, hates himself for, for, you know, what he is. So I, I you know, I, I want mm-hmm. him to love himself and his culture and, and, and other people too. So, so I, I'm very hyper aware of that. I want a good citizen of the world. So um so these are things that I think about with with history. Um, in England, I don't know what that's like. Yeah, in, in England, um, and it's I guess a little bit like America, kind of the way you kind of describe it in regards to kind of some people. The truth is kind of hard to kind of swallow, I guess, for kind of some people. I think it's made kind of companies. So, for example, companies might do kind of posts in lots of different companies. They'll put out, you know, their Black History Month content and they'll pull out on their social platforms. But, you know, they'll kind of turn off the comments. Yeah. And that's kind of sometimes because the, the comments can be kind of found. You know what kind of social media like is like in kind of general in regards to that. We've always kind of got that kind of element there. But kind of generally what we try and do, we try and make it kind of like a celebration, um, really like a celebration of kind of the cultures mm-hmm. um, and kind of, telling kind of stories of kind of how we kind of got here because a lot of us are kind of first generation second generation yeah. so I'm a, technically I'm a second generation British person but you know I have kind of people from like people who are either a first generation mm-hmm. or they kind of came here when they were kind of like five years old yeah. um, so we all very much kind of we're all very connected to our history if that makes sense so like I've got grandparents not grandparents they passed away unfortunately but you know great aunt, aunties uh, great uncles, cousins who are kind of from, you know, the Caribbean and still kind of live there. So we're all very connected. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of makes it kind of more of a celebration on our side, I suppose. But yet, naturally, you still get that people, the people who are kind of the smallish majority, maybe it's maybe slightly bigger than a small majority, um, who kind of don't quite understand it. And that just comes with knowledge and understanding. And that's just kind of, Hopefully, with more content that goes out, if it's kind of packaged in different ways, they'll be able to kind of it be more digestible for people. Sometimes yeah. people don't really want the truth; you just kind of got to break it down. Because that's part. Because yeah. that's part of what you do is that you you have to convince people to look at certain talent through a different lens. Yeah. 
And so you, you have to um, convince them that this is the right person for, you know, this particular show. So right. was there ever like a successful match of like talent and project that like you're most proud of? Um, you know what? I think it's actually probably this one with Off the Table with Julia Danica. And just getting her involved is incredible. Too. I feel like she's incredibly kind of culturally kind of relevant as well. She's really kind of at the kind of helm of it. Um, and bringing her into kind of, I guess, the, 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 the ITV world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've kind of done any work with ITV in the past. Um, of the kind of this, this kind of like digital scale, at least anyway. Um, and kind of you're just kind of bridging the gap. Honestly, it's kind of bridging the gap. There's a whole heap of talent kind of talent that kind of, you know, kind of great broadcast. I'm just sort of maybe from ITV's perspective that we haven't kind of necessarily kind of tapped up into. Like people doing incredible things and like, you know, I guess, especially in like the digital space, which is easily transferable to TV space. And these things should really kind of be overlapping. So kind of helping be, being a part of that journey to kind of get is, is, is great in terms of just making more people, they're people kind of in a different world. You weren't necessarily in Julie's world. You're kind of seeing Julie now, but oh, wow, that's, that's incredible. But Julie's kind of been doing incredible things in kind of different spaces already. Um, right. Definitely being a part of kind of that journey is kind of great. Um, I think even the um, smaller project that we did, we did the Black History Month campaign and we partnered up with an external black production company um, to kind of create, create an incredibly kind of culturally relevant viral, viral kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great in itself, just kind of starting that process because we'd never kind of done that before and kind of giving them the range, giving them the range of kind of creativity. Um, to kind of bring whatever they want to bring and paint the picture of how they want kind of uh, the Black History Month content in the digital space, how they want it to like look and feel. So that was kind of great. And, you know, hopefully that that will kind of, these type of things will just kind of expand and develop over the years and kind of, you know, different kind of projects. Um, so I think this year is kind of really because of a really kind of really cool year, really exciting year for like content that we've done and um, just connect, making, those, making us kind of a, more, a lot more kind of connected. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you, yeah, like, uh, you know, you're talking about Julie, you're talking about um, the blue therapy, um, like for blue therapy in particular, um, you know, again, like this is, this is uh, sort of like a, you know, homegrown uh, operation. Um, you know, I think about myself as, as a writer, um, you know, in this podcast, this podcast is not backed by any, um, you know, large entity. Um mm-hmm. But and, and that's fine. Um, but it's like you want that recognition, though. Mm-hmm. So I imagine mm-hmm. that so someone that is on YouTube has their own channel that's getting um, some traction online. Uh, it, you, just like you said, it, it's not that profitable. Like even I have a sister who has a YouTube channel and she works really hard um, and uh, she makes she's making more and more money as as she goes. But it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. So. It, it is comforting to be backed by like a larger, you know, television company or something like that. So is this sort of like the goal for a lot of these, um, these people that you're, that you're meeting and interacting with that are like on TikTok or, or YouTube, like, do they want to make it big or do, do they like being independent? Um, you know, you know what I found kind of personally, I found kind of, you know, for example, if we kind of go to a platform, a platform kind of, especially kind of on the TikTok space, I think they want to be on TV. I mean, people on TikTok who are big on TikTok, the next step is kind of, for them, a lot of them see it as going to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want that. And, and it's, it's, it's a tough one because sometimes 
you don't always, just because you've got those millions of views, doesn't mean you're guaranteed to kind of be picked up by a TV production company because you've got those millions of kind of followers on TikTok. It doesn't always work that way. So mm-hmm. for example, with like the Black History Month campaign that you're doing with kind of Andy and, uh, and Project Gorilla, um, uh, that the, the concept of, was pairing off people uh, of an older generation and a younger generation. So in this instance, I got kind of uh, an old school black British comedian, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, um, uh, Stephen K. Amos, and I've partnered him up with uh, a young TikTok comedian who's got the, like, I think maybe the, probably, uh, the top 10 most followers in the country. So I think he's sitting on maybe 11, 11 million followers, 12 million followers. And these are two completely different worlds, but in operating in like the same space. Um, and like he's was kind of saying, he's got, he's a TikTok comedian. He was saying how he's got all these followers and, you know, but his phone's not ringing. Yeah. His phone's literally not ringing. And me bringing them on, uh, this, our, our do is like Kissing Off campaign. That was his first kind of campaign like you know with kind of like a, a major broadcaster of him just actually just being himself oh, wow. um, so that was kind of a, a, a big deal for him and he wants to do more of that but yeah it was interesting what you were saying in that conversation it was like god my phone's not ringing you'd think that you know everyone would be trying to get me on here there and everywhere but that's just not always the case yeah. um yeah definitely kind of in a TikTok space they definitely want to kind of get into the tv so um i think the people making content on youtube it depends on what kind of content you're making on youtube but i think definitely maybe in like no, Andy's, Andy's, Andy's. It's 11 hours. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I know there's a new laptop saying. I just, I know there's something. And now it's, it's 11 coming. hours. Yeah. It's 11 <laughs> o'clock. Yeah, it needs time. <laughs> uh-huh. 11 o'clock in the a.m. Um, but yeah, so I mean, especially with content that's kind of being made on YouTube, like in terms of like a show, more show-like content, then definitely like, you know, the, the production is expensive. Yeah. So you don't want to kind of fund that yourself again. If you can have like a sponsoring or broadcaster to back you and get it out there, especially if there's already an appetite for it, that's kind of what you want. So you want to be partnering up. And sometimes it's like, you know, it's the, it's the major broadcasters having, I guess it's, I guess it's just a bit of a small faith, I guess. I always look at the, I know Michaela, uh, Michaela Cole. Yeah. Michaela Cole, kind of, kind of her example. I was reading some bits and this is like before. Um, and she, you know, when she was writing kind of chewing gum, mm-hmm. kind of David on E4, and has won kind of lots of awards since. Um, yeah, chewing gum was awesome, and that was through a, a a friend of mine. She's also been on the show, buddy. She um she was like, oh, do you want to check out the shows on Netflix at the time? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was chewing gum, and we couldn't get enough of it. It was amazing. And then all of a sudden, um, she, you know, Michaela Cole's on HBO, um, with uh with I May Destroy You. So like, I'm I'm sure that was like massive. Yeah, that was that was massive. And I always wonder like why I mean I guess timing's everything. But personally, I just kind of wonder why I can not I didn't really like that talent's always been there. Like she's right. always kind of been doing it. But why was she kind of tapped in early? Like why didn't broadcasters kind of tap into her earlier than they did? But um and I think kind of I read something about how kind of I think it was like the faith, but there was almost like a trust in them. You have to kind of it maybe channel four they trusted her maybe more than kind of everyone else, I suppose. But right. that kind of, you've got to, there's always got to be the trust, you've got to trust that Michaela will deliver and that her talent kind of speaks for herself. And I guess that uh, she proved everyone kind of right with the people who were kind of supporting her. So it's great that. Right. Um, so so um, before we play a game, like what you, what you sort of touched on is almost like um, 
you know, when somebody opens a door for you, like somebody, uh, you know, my, my, my mom would say this, and I always thought it was like a wacky saying, but like, it's actually like a Creole saying, like make yourself small. Um, and it's not, it's not so much of a way of like shying away from something, but it's almost like, like the rapper too short has a song, um, get in where you fit in, um, like, you know, being stealth without burning bridges, like, you know, finding ways to move forward in your life and career. So like Michaela Cole, like she was getting all these no's. Finally, somebody said yes to her, I guess, channel four. And then that, that propelled her to where she is, um, like for you, was there somebody that like welcomed you into the industry and like, like helped you in building your network to where you are right now? Um, absolutely. From, from my perspective, I kind of, I came into kind of like the TV world a bit late, later than kind of what I guess the traditional, what my peers are doing around me. So traditionally kind of particularly in the UK, you, you would start off as like a runner and you kind of work your way up through the ranks. And myself, I didn't start off as a runner. I kind of came in at a kind of a mid-weight level. Okay. I suppose. So kind of coming in where kind of normally, you know, naturally you know if you start off as a runner, you've got all the experience. So when the next role comes up, you kind of you're you're in a strong position to kind of go through. But right. I kind of so like a, a runner, somebody who gets coffee, somebody who answers the phone. Yeah. You yeah. Came above, you came in above that. Yeah. So I came in at a kind of a, a, a higher level. So uh-huh. with kind of less tv experience than everyone else mm-hmm. so it was kind of a it was it was it was a tough interview process kind of getting through because they always want to make sure that i'm kind of the right person for it um so definitely kind of the person who kind of hired me um uh, uh jane Sykes. yeah she, uh it was almost like i always from my perspective i don't know if you actually kind of spoke about this but from my perspective it was almost kind of a, a slight risk i guess getting me in because i i hadn't had kind of the 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 experience as much experience as everyone else but I had kind of other kind of content experience but not yeah. necessarily tv experience if kind of that makes sense so uh-huh. it's kind of a risk I, I saw myself as a risk did you did they see that that LinkedIn uh recommendation oh. they were like this guy's legit <laughs> hopefully hopefully I might owe I might owe Johnny like a drink for that actually because yeah. you know that could have done me wonders they're like this this <laughs> Hire this guy above the runner because that testimony says it all. <laughs> Lord of mercy, who knows? Um, but yeah, definitely kind of um, James Francis has like get, get me through the door and definitely the people at Good Morning Britain are incredible. Uh-huh. Um, uh, they kind of just welcomed me in because I was kind of new to this. I was incredibly new to this. So it was a completely kind of different world. So definitely kind of like the, the, Neil, uh, like the Neil Thompson's who heads up Good Morning Britain and uh, they're kind of the editors are they're incredible so they really kind of taught me a lot I guess it's kind of a learning process because I, I bring my own kind of skills um, but they've got the majority of the skills so it's just yeah it was great kind of I almost wanted to be like a sponge and yeah. then taking as much as possible but they, they were incredibly helpful and got me involved in lots of incredible campaigns kind of flew me out to LA as well to kind Ooh. of because a couple of times uh-huh I did a couple of interviews with, uh, with Donald Trump as well. In the oh UK. my God! Like, Sorry. It, yeah, it was just fascinating. <laughs> doing that was just kind of fascinating. I never thought in, in a million years that I'd be kind of doing something like that. Because um, he's very American. He, he, yeah, yeah. And attitude and and energy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that was kind of a uh, yeah. So it's been great. So yeah, they, they definitely kind of took me under my wing. So yeah, now I kind of move on to kind of another area, nicely be 
Um, so yeah, definitely been out to be one hundred percent. Lots of really, really cool people in IT. That's awesome. Okay, and one of your favorite quotes from the Gladiator movie, um, which you know we were talking about uh, a couple of days ago, is uh, um, from Jamun Hussein. And yeah. now we are free. And what has the rest to go? Uh, it goes, but not yet. Yeah, but I will yet. see you again, but not yet. Yes. So how does that how does that apply to your life? Ooh, <laughs> that's a that's a deep one. Um, so the mind goes. I will see you again, but not yet. So for me, that kind of means that, like, you're almost kind of not done. There's almost kind of so much more to kind of do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not done yet, almost. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kind of chill out and and uh, and just you know rest all day because I've still still so much more that I want to kind of do and want to kind of achieve. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's not yet saying I'm not done yet, almost. That's right, because yeah, we're we're free. We could we could do anything. Um, <laughs> I love that phrase so much. It's strange. <laughs> that, that quote has stuck with me for all these years. But not yet. Not yet. Um. <laughs> with the finger up. Not not, <laughs> not yet. yet. Okay, so let's play a game. is fill in the blank. I'm going to read a very British headline yeah. and you have to fill in the blank. There are no winners. This is just for fun. Are you ready? Yeah. First one, Manchester United snub blank as duo tasked with leading search for a new manager. Oh, snubbed. Oh. So I'm guessing that's going to be a name, right? Is it a yeah. name? Who do they snub? Uh, oh, let's say Conte. Who? Conte. Conten? Conte. No, it's uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh. So I guess um, Ole uh, something something was fired. He got the sack. Um, from Manchester United and so now they're looking for a new manager and yeah. I guess um, Sir Alex Ferguson they were like nah dude we don't need you helping us in finding a new manager something like that oh, oh, in the third, oh of course I would have been so attorney this is very embarrassing because I actually support Manchester United oh um, you're a supporter <laughs> uh-huh. so, so I, should, I should have known this so sad that Oli, 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 Oli left the club but we kind of had to why? go why why was he was he a good coach I mean, based on the results, no. But it was but just I mean, that one game, huh? Oh, no, it's a series of games. It's a string of games. It's a lot of frustration that's built up over, over the last kind of couple of months. Lots of money has been invested into the club. And we're not seeing they have Ronaldo. We've got Ronaldo back, yes. We've got Ronaldo back. Um, but he's not the same Ronaldo. He's still, you know, a world-class player, but not the same Ronaldo. As, you know, uh. Um but yeah, Alex Ferguson is the, the club legend and I think a football legend overall. So yeah, them snubbing Alex Ferguson. That doesn't surprise me because he's kind of recommended one or two managers in the past and they didn't work out. So, you know, it could be that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're, you're done. Yeah, you're done. We don't, we, don't, we don't need your help. Okay, the next one. Adele backs major US Marvel star blank to replace Daniel Craig as 007 James Bond. 
Mar- Marvel star. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is a Marvel star. God, that could be absolutely anyone. Yeah. Uh, to give you a hint, he was in the television show Loki. I don't know if you watched Loki. It was really good. Oh, so so the main actor from Loki. Loki. No, no, not him. Not that British guy. Oh, I haven't watched Loki. I haven't watched that Loki. It's, it's really good. Ah, oh, is it? Is it an American? Is it an American? He's American. Oh, an American. Person. Do James Bond. Ooh. Yeah. It's Adele Adele that that was like, oh, um, she says, you know, I'd like him to be the next Bond. I don't know what if, uh, I don't know if that's allowed because he's American. Do you give up? Oh, God, I don't want to give up. Uh, Is he he African-American by any chance? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, Is it low-key? I don't know what's low-key. Let me think. He's, He's on the scene. Not, not, it's not, I know, not Michael B. Jordan, but no, but good guess. Uh, Jonathan Majors, oh, yeah. he's really he's great. He was also in um, Harder They Fall with uh, yeah. Idris Selba. Yeah, I haven't watched that, I haven't watched that all the way through yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to see it, it's good, but but yeah, he's um, 32 year old rising star, he's becoming a, a household name, and so Adele, like, you know, she gave him the, the go ahead, like, you know guys like look at this person she's, she's sort of doing what you're doing but like on a different scale but like yeah. you know, she's, I, she's bringing talent I she's like trying world, to boost talent in a different way the world will notice when Adele's like you know points a finger at something so shout out to Adele yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. she should put like an agent fee or something like that right <laughs> right yes Okay, next question. Um, men felt it was okay to play with women's boobs. GMB guests, so great. Uh, Good morning, Britain. Yes. Blasts sexist blank. And to give you a hint, it's uh, it's returning to TV after 20 years. Read that out one more time. Men felt it was okay to play with women's boobs. This was the quote. G GMB guess blasts sexist blank. Sexist. Oh god, is it is it a name of a presenter? Uh it's a famous comedian. Oh like old times. Old time. Um oh gosh. Oh that's like one of the theme songs. This is awful. I'm awkward. <laughs> That's one of the theme songs. Give up? No, I'm not gonna give up. Oh goodness. Oh. Well, I, I mean, I, I said earlier that like, you know, I spent three hours in London and I watched season four only of The Crown. And I, I, I think I, I know a little bit more about England than you do. <laughs> I think you do. I think you do. Oh goodness, God! You, you, you think the football club I support? You, you, yeah. You, you show out. I'm, I'm not answering getting any of these questions right. I know. It's like, I'm just taking you down. Like, am I even from London? Am I even yeah. from England? Yeah. Um, oh, so some. Uh, you know, I give up. I give up. Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Benny. Benny, Benny Hill. Hill. Oh, where was, was the article written? So, uh, this was this week. Um, some actress named Debbie Arnold, 
she accused the Benny Hill show of being sexist and ridiculous um, because the show's returning to TV after 20 years, I guess as, as part of like holiday programming. You see, look, see my excuse for this one is, look, I've been in LA, so I don't know. What, oh, oh, oh. I don't know what's going on <laughs> in, in, in the UK right now. So this is all news to me. You're actually giving me information. Um, when I was reading this, I stumbled upon um, a funny Benny Hill joke. Um, it's a, did you hear about the actress who was so dumb she couldn't count to two without taking off her blouse? <laughs> wait, 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 I don't get it. Because, um, like, you know, she hears one, two, and has to, like, take oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That made me laugh. I was like, oh, good one, Benny Hill. That's pretty sexist, and, and it's funny. Um, <laughs> no, the, the, news, the news I've been watching is just, you know, it's been, the, you know, the Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. That's what I've kind of been seeing. What, what is your take on, on this relationship? I mean, firstly, Pete, Pete Davidson, he's going through, he's going through, like, He's been dating quite a few superstars, hasn't he? Like, is he is he like a rock star? Is he perceived as like a, a rock star in America? It's fascinating. Oh, so this is this is another talent watcher. This is another person that that recognizes talent. It seems like uh, Pete Davidson. Um, he's dated uh, Kate Beckinsale. He's dated uh, the woman from Bridgerton, uh, Ariana Grande. Um, he's he's really run the gamut of of like different types of women. Kim Kardashian now. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know what what his what kind what he's what he's doing. I don't know if it's if it's like um, you know marketing like people like it has to be. Like, it's genuine. You think it's genuine? It, I mean, it has to be like like Kim's people. I I know Courtney is pissed. I know Courtney is pissed. Why? <laughs> she's like she's stolen her thunder. <laughs> She's just like, I'm dating Travis Barker and now you're doing this to me. <laughs> like, I, I just, I feel like she's pissed. I feel, and now a piss I, I know is, is drunk in, in British English, but piss for us is mad. Like, I know she's, she's mad. I, it has to be almost like, like JLo and Ben Affleck were like, you know, their people got with their people and they were like, okay, let's, let, let, like, if this is a, a project, like, this is, this is like what you do. <laughs> this, is a, this is a TV project. This is like the, the comedian with the TikTok star putting them together um, to create the show. So, so right now people got Pete's, Pete's people and Kim's people, they were like, yo, let's do this. This will be really funny and, and fun. And, you know, he has the big dick in energy. So they're like, Let, let's do this. That's basically, no, I was, I was watching a podcast with Kanye West. I think we drink chats. This was like a couple of weeks before. And oh, was, it's a yeah, good show. Uh -huh. Kim, Kim, is still my, Kim is still my wife. And then next minute, the next day, a, a picture, a picture of uh, Pete and and holding hands on like the ride was it the, the we call it log fume right yes and like, whoa right. yeah. yeah they went to Knott's Berry Farm and they were yeah they were seen going down the roller coaster together oh, yeah. Ooh, that's, that's yeah. Cool. yeah this is this is what you get for for talking to Noriega about us <laughs> yeah. right the like right this is what we're doing yeah, you still call it, uh, your wife, eh? Okay, we're gonna see about that. Yeah. Um, what a machine! What an incredible machine that 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 uh, that kind of whole empire is. I mean, I I don't know. Like maybe they might fall in love. Like maybe this might be like her next marriage. Like uh, this will just end prop horribly. Like I don't know.
My goodness. I mean, Pete Davidson, I used to kind of not follow him. Actually, I did kind of follow him in like early on in his career when he was kind of, kind of really kind of coming through the scene and he was a bit a tag, tag controversial, I think. He did like a, a roasting of someone. And then I think he mentioned kind of, I think, I think it may have been kind of Paul Walker and there was a lot of kind of... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, in a roasting session. And that's when I kind of first caught on to him. So oh, this guy's really kind of... Really edgy, really edgy. Yeah. <laughs> Pushes the envelope. Um, yeah, I, I love him. He's really funny. Um, this this past week, um, if you if you check out SNL like on YouTube, there's um there's a really funny song. Like they they take the song from the 90s called Walkie in Memphis, but it's like Walkie mm-hmm. in Staten. I grew up in New Jersey, so it's it, it's like almost like our, our kindred cousin. I guess it's like the Birmingham of of us like staten island yeah it's like like meth and italian gangsters and just just every everything there's also wild turkeys like it's just a crazy place but anyway he's making news he knows how to make news and she knows how to make news and they're like let's just make news together yeah uh, i wonder how kind of how long this will last um, what, what's what's your what's your guesstimate I, uh, I I think till spring. I think they'll have they're gonna have a really cheesy Christmas photograph together. Definitely. Which will cause Kanye to do a little rant, I think. Maybe on Day, maybe there'll be a little rant. And then Kanye will probably apologize for that rant on probably New Year's Eve and start the new year fresh. Wow. And, yeah, I reckon, yeah. I think spring's a good time for them to kind of go to separate ways. Pete Davidson will probably move on to kind of someone else. Um, another, another, another superstar. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah who knows i mean he's really like he she he's reached like the kind of harvard level oxford level of celebrity right now with kim so i don't know where he could go from- where, where do you go where do you go from that i mean i think maybe yummy coco maybe maybe he'll find me in, in LA, <laughs> and he'll just he'll just start start from the start from the bottom again <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Keep talking into existence, it will happen. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, he's probably the the pictures of him um, that came out yesterday with him, like with the hickey on his neck, and they're like giggling in the car. He just looks like so dopey and greasy. Like I don't know, I don't know if I could handle it. But I mean, I I don't know. I'd probably hang out with him a little bit, and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go. To sleep. I'm gonna drink some tea and go to sleep. Um, so I, I don't know what what their conversations are like, but but he is funny. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so next one, I'm a celeb, yeah. Ant and Deck mock yeah. blank with forgive me joke. Mock blank with forgive me joke. So that is I'm a celebrity. So I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Started an ITV last uh, a couple of Saturdays ago. Uh, so it'll probably be talking about one of the guests on that show. I'm assuming they're mocking somebody in in uh, in in politics. Oh, oh, yeah. Boris Johnson. Yes. There we go. <laughs> was that was that the whole blunder about him kind of forgetting his notes or not? Finding yes. His- yeah. Yeah. So so Boris Johnson, he delivered a much ridiculed speech on Monday of this week. Um, he referenced Peppa Pig, which is weird, I guess, for, for people, even though Peppa Pig is awesome. But whatever. Um, he made car engine noises 
I don't know if you heard any of this, and he appeared to lose his place, um, the blunder with the notes you were talking about. Um, and so Ant and Deck took the opportunity to make a joke about it um, during Monday's show. Oh, yes, of course. So I saw a snippet of the speech the other day, actually. Uh-huh. And, and it, all I heard was the, the forgive me line. He said, forgive me, forgive me. Forgive I remember me. hearing that last part of it in a few papers roughly. So oh, uh-huh. that's interesting. I need to watch the entire speech all the way through because it sounds like a blinder. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. What a guy you, you, you have. What a guy. What a guy indeed. What a guy. Yes, what a guy. Um, okay, last question. Man redecorates Brighton Council House to look like blank. This was also news this week. Um, and then you'll explain what a council house is for us because I, I have no idea. A council house is like a, a, a government, a government-owned property. Okay. So he transferred his council house. That's strange. You're not always allowed to do a lot of kind of tampering in the council house. Oh, he did. Uh, so he tampered it to to look like blank, right? So was, yeah. Well, what can you? What would you do to? What would you try and turn your council house into? Uh, I don't know. Thinking on the British line, he didn't, wouldn't turn it into a pub. But he, it sounds like he turned it into something quite out there. I, I feel like that would be on Shameless, like if he turned it, his council house into a pub. But but this guy, um, he turned his house into the Sistine Chapel. Oh. So uh, he's a retired decorator. Um, he's been renovating his Brighton home for 18 years um, with uh, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, and Botticelli as inspiration. Oh, Wow. Yes. So these are things happening in your country. Yeah, I'd love to see that. God, I mean, I've got a lot to go back to, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I've helped you so much because when you go back and, um, you know, you'll be in your country and, like, you know, people are going to be telling you, like, oh, can you believe that this happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. An American told me. An American that knows more about my country (laughs) told me these things. So, Okay. Thank you so much, Joelle. So what is making you, this is my last question ever. Yeah. What is making you happy these days? What's making me happy these days? Ooh. And I could go really deep or I could go really casual. Okay. Um, or you could do both. I could do both. You know what's making me happy? You know what, this, the, the second season of The Morning Show came out, so I'm kind of working my way through that. So I'm very, That's really... the wackiest ass yeah. show. Oh, my God. The tonal shifts are just, it's hilarious. It's like, it's a very dramatic moment, but then like, you want to laugh. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, very, yeah, it's yeah, definitely kind of, your your feelings kind of go all over the place. I was just kind of find it fascinating because the whole kind of set and kind of, you know, uh, how the TV works kind of behind the scenes, just in terms of just you know, the practicality of it, of, you know, you've got the gallery, the people in the gallery. I was just find that interesting just to kind of see other people's interpretations of that. I'm like, oh, Yes, I'm, I'm that person who sits over there in the gallery, you know. So, yeah, I was kind of find that quite interesting as well. And I love Jennifer Anderson. I think she's dope. Yeah, yeah, she is great. And, yeah, it is it is interesting because, yeah, you work on a morning show and then um, they're recreating a morning show. Um, but it's like everything is just so uh, hyperbolic in the, in the morning show. Oh, my God, now she has COVID. What's going to happen? <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's character, and then Reese Witherspoon is like is dating one of the um, the anchors, Juliana Margulies, and then Steve Carell is dead in Italy, and just like all this 
Wait, what? You died? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh no! Oh, okay, so you're probably like way early. In- it was just before that. I was before. So oh, I'm sorry. That, yeah, I was aware that you know his car kind of went off, but there was uh, a beginning of the next episode. They were like, "Oh, I'm not sure if he's him or blah." blah. So it was still 50-50 for me. So at least now I know. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. but then you never know. He, it might, it might be that um, Valeria Galina, his his uh, love interest on the show. Um, there's a moment where she confirms because they they you know as part of a morning show they need two confirmations. Absolutely, yeah. And so, uh, so, so his girlfriend in Italy was the second confirmation. So I'm sorry I spoiled that for you. <laughs> that wacky show. I mean, there's so many other surprises that, that like, um, it's just one, one in a, in a, in a giant stew of, of surprises and, and wackiness. Yeah, I can't wait to go back and go back to it and finish off, finish off those remaining episodes. But yeah, no, apart from that TV show, what makes me happy? I would say just kind of, just being around kind of friends and family. Yeah, nice. That just makes me happy. Nice. Enjoy, enjoy our fine country. I will. I definitely will. I'm looking forward to going to Miami because I heard Miami, like, in terms of, you guys are really strict in the market around it. I've never been anywhere like it. Really strict. No one will even talk to me in the store unless I've got my mask all the way up past my nose which is right. um, yeah yeah it depends on where you go in LA they're very strict with with masks um in stores we you know we were at this event where everyone was kind of like just free-faced just open-faced uh whatever <laughs> um but but yeah for the most part you yeah people cover up Miami is yeah very loosey-goosey um, Florida's Florida's a crazy place. I heard of Florida. Florida. Yeah, I heard Florida is just the that's the of a lot of your jokes, isn't it? So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye out for a bunch of random things that might kind of cross my path. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for welcoming me into into your country. Yes, yes, and proving that that somebody knows your country more than you. Yeah, I know that's very nice. Very embarrassing. Of course. I want to read a bunch of articles now. Okay. So this is great. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. Bye.